Well, hello and welcome. My name is Richie Christie, and you are tuning in to our daily Advent reading, number 15. Today we center around this word, unexpected, which we're rooted in Luke 2, verse 8. And they were, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping a watch over their flocks at night. You see, divine revelation will come to you today through an unexpected avenue that you've probably already ignored. You may not know it, but a debate has been going on for the last few years about how we're supposed to think about these shepherds in the Christmas story. The shepherd is an occupation found throughout the Bible. Many patriarchs of the Old Testament were shepherds at one time or another. The psalmist refers to the Lord as a shepherd. Even the prophet refers to the coming Messiah as a shepherd. So being a shepherd is good, right? But in Jesus' day, the shepherd had moved from this image of hero to zero. If you were a shepherd, you were not the owner of a flock, but rather a hired hand charged with taking care of the flock. Recent scholarship even suggests that the opinion of shepherds in Jesus' day was that they were dishonest and thieving. Shepherding in a desert region required them to move around the land to find food and water thus entailing their absence for long periods of time. Therefore, many claims were made against shepherds of pilfering other people's properties for resources, dealing in stolen sheep to grow flocks, and being religiously unclean for dealing with animals and breaking the Sabbath laws. All that to say, shepherding was not exactly the dream job of a first century Jewish child. In fact, most Jewish boys at the time began learning the Torah at a young age and hoped they would become sign become some kind of religious teacher when they got older. It was a hard road and few made it. If you couldn't cut it in the religious studies, you could learn the trade of a family member and do that for the rest of your life, like a fisherman or a carpenter. Either it was your lot in life or you were unsuccessful at a lot of things in order to become a shepherd. Yet it was shepherds to whom the angels were sent to announce the birth of Emmanuel. Why? Because in true Yahweh form, the giver constantly uses the people we ignore to reveal the giver's ways. Sometimes it is through professional ministers, artists, authors, sages, monks, and gurus that we hear a divine invitation. If they are phonies, we'll know it, but most of these men and women are fellow humans who have have lived, learned, processed, and translated their experiences into a palpable wisdom that can be shared. We've heard their witness, and it rang true. So we buy their books, we attend their conferences, and go to their concerts, hungry for the revelation that they have to share. I'm not discrediting the avenues in which we expect to hear a divine revelation. Those individuals have done the secret personal work to bring forth a gift for the rest of us, and they deserve that attention they get. But there's a deeper revelation that Jesus speaks to in all of the ignored and hidden aspects of the life we find ourselves in. Rest from anxiety is woven into the makeup of a lily. Providential supply is revealed in the eating habits of birds. And the Almighty itself is waiting to be found hidden in someone described as the least of these. A neighborhood kid who spends too much time at your house, or an unemployed dad waiting in the welfare line, or maybe even the elderly Staples employee you mechanically interact with while replenishing your supply of ballpoint pens and computer paper. See, God is bad at PR, on purpose, 
because the divine has no interest in ending up on TV, being big on Instagram, having its own line of cookware at Target. That's obvious. That's where we do that's what we do with Revelation. I understand the honorable intent whenever we hear something life-changing is to share that with as many people as possible so they can hear it too. To get the most eyes on it, we make it big, loud, shiny, and shareable in hopes of going viral on social media and making a lot of lives better. But let's be honest. We also try to figure out if we can monetize it. We're always trying to make profit off anything true, especially God. Why God's revelations usually don't come through flashy avenues is one, God doesn't need any money via merchandise at a retail store. And two, bigness doesn't ask the viewer or listener to have to transform to receive it. And God is all about transformation. The giver of life hides revelation and the things we ignore because it is the work of humbling ourselves and asking to have eyes to see and ears to hear that true transformation enters our heart. It is in the unknowing of how things work, social norms, hierarchy of power, systematic injustice, injustice, gender inequality, racial supremacy, physical and mental ableism, modes of intelligent ageism, that we peek at love, working its transforming will underneath the glitz and glamour of everything we produce. A transformation was required for the townspeople to hear the proclamation of divine birth coming from the mouths of failed religious school shepherds. A transformation was required for the shepherds to believe that they had been invited to be preachers of the divine birth to their familiar neighbors. It really was all very unexpected. So it is with you as well. That divine proclamation will come through very unexpected ways. It very well may be the ignored and marginalized aspects of your life, the embarrassing or unsuccessful parts, that if you take time to listen to those parts, you'll begin to hear the angelic proclamation of, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. Because today, a Savior has been born to you. So, may you be given the eyes to see all the unexpected messengers carrying news of divine love, birthing into your life today.